I was really this close to wearing my Seminole polo, a Florida State polo shirt with a black armband around it for the memorial. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, that was, that was painful. Um, but, uh, whoo, boy, man, I'm glad I'm a Clemson fan. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I'm just glad I'm a Clemson fan, you know? So, uh, anyway, um, Lauren, great job, man. That was so good. You know, I mean, it's just, um, hopefully you heard that. I hope you just celebrate that because it's one of those things where it's just real, right? And it's, man, I just, your soft heart to the scriptures and to God, and it just was Fantastic. Really, really great. Um, I, next week is going to be a really a, a, a little bit of a different service that we're going to have next week is um, actually me and Byron and Linda will all be up here for both communion and a sermon together. It's going to be a little different. We're just going to kind of be up here and they're going to tell a story um, that um, isn't new. In the, at the men's weekend last year, uh, Byron shared this with us, but uh, he's going to talk to us about um, his life as it was entangled in pornography. Um, and Linda's going to be talking to us as a wife, right? How, how difficult that was and kind of the journey as a wife to forgive and to love God and to be faithful and not to be in despair. And it's, it's really, it's amazing. Um, it's going to be real. I mean, it's, listen, it's not, it's not one of those just kind of uh, you get to hear some information. I mean, it is a really powerful story of reconciliation and redemption. And it's, and it's something, quite honestly, that there is, I don't believe, probably any part of our society that is untouched by, okay? I mean, pornography, man, it, you, if, if in fact you're going, I've never even been around that before, okay? You are in the huge minority, but you do know someone. Um, and I'm going to tell you, this is, this is epidemic. I mean, spiritually, if, if, if guys and girls, I mean, it's, bo- it's not, I mean, Satan didn't stop just at men viewing pornography, man. I mean, this is an evolving uh, technology, and, um, and we've got to be, you know, I don't know if you ever get super comfortable talking about it, but we've got to, like, venture into those places in our worlds, too, okay? And not just, hey, but I went to church this Sunday. Don't ask me about that. Like, no, 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 ask people about that. But what's the right way to ask them? Just ask them, okay? Because I'm telling you, this is a rescue effort right here, man. That is a deep, embarrassing place to be. Um, and I think you're going to be really inspired uh, by Byron and Linda. And we're actually going to have even a period of time during it to even ask some questions, okay? Because you, you may be coming from one of two places. As a, as a man, you may go, man, I, Byron, like, help me with that. Or, or you may be going, Linda, like... Like, help me understand, like, I'm in a place where I really need to be forgiving, and I'm having kind of a hard time, and so it's going to be a little bit more of like a forum um, next Sunday, but please invite your neighbors and everybody out to it, and you don't have to, you don't have to trick them into coming about that, okay? You don't have to go, hey, you got to really come, it's going to be, I don't know what we're talking about, but it's going to be really neat, okay? <laughs> you know, and somebody brings, you know, all 12 of their eighth graders in here, you know, so, uh, but you don't want to know what, that, that'll be perfectly okay, too, uh, Listen, that's a whole nother tangent. I'm just going to tell you, talk to your kids about this stuff, okay? I mean, for real, it's a big deal. Um, so I think we have a PowerPoint presentation coming up. Do we have the PowerPoint? Do we have a PowerPoint? Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be coming up here pretty soon. Here's what I want us to do while we're, while we're sitting here for a second is, is um, t- I want you to take a second, and we're going to do this in silence, okay? Um, I-, I-, I want you to pray um, that God speaks to you. I want you to pray that you hear 
the message. My, my words that you're going to hear are not perfect words, okay? They're not going to be exactly how Jesus would do it, okay? Um, but I do pray that as we open the Word of God, please just in silence just pray that the Holy Spirit will open your heart, will soften your heart. You will hear His words, okay? Let's take a second and just do that, okay? Let's pray. Father, as we open your word, um, God, I, I pray that um, our hearts are soft. Um, and in the areas where it's crumbling or we're stubborn or we're not wanting to hear, just scared, God, I, I pray that you will um, give us courage to look at your word. Um, your word gives us freedom in Jesus. Father, your, your word is not meant to torture us. Uh, but to give us life. The world is trying to kill us, and the world wants us to spiral into despair and discouragement. And Father, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit just saturates us, Father, that we can uh, uh, hear your word, and, and more than anything, Father, that we hear it and obey your word, Father. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um, so this is, this is an interesting thing. We've been talking about really core four principles. Um, this is a big deal, okay? This is what we want to be about, all right? Are these four? We want to pour all of our time, effort, and energy into a congregation, a community of people who are saturated in the gospel, okay? And if the gospel isn't moving you emotionally, okay, chances are you've probably bought into a tagline gospel, Right? There's just kind of some words that you've heard before. The gospel is meant to inspire us. The gospel is meant to, say no, to teach us to say no to sin. Right? I mean, have you ever tried to just white-knuckle your way out of sin and just, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this? And you're like, no, no, no. See, the gospel is the reason why I'm going, no, no, why, why would I go and do that? Why would I go look at pornography right now? Why would I, why would I want to go and lie right now? Why would I want to go and, and cheat or steal or, or, or just be, you know, unloving, hateful, hurtful, all right? Is the God, being saturated in the good news is what makes us really get into the light, too, because we know the light is good news, all right? That's what we want to be about, and we want to be, we want to be a community of people that are saying, I'm following Jesus. I don't care if it's hard or easy. I don't care what he's told me to do. My eyes are fixed on him, right? We, we want to come together as a community, all right? And a community not just because we all naturally like each other, but a community because Jesus said, That's, I'm going to bring a bunch of people around that might not necessarily like each other without him. He's the reason that we may love one another, okay? And that's a good enough reason. Love covers over a multitude of sin, right? I mean, it's that idea of, of we want that kind of community and then a community that, that pulls a chair up to the table, a community of disciple makers, a community of people that are, that, that are saying, no, no, come in and sit at the table with us. Come in and share life with us. Come in and hear the gospel. And it's just this, it's just this kind of uh, circular kind of snowball effect. And that's what we want to pour all of our time, effort, and energy into. I don't know if you'll find a place in the Bible 
that doesn't speak on one of those four issues. All right, either the gospel, discipleship, community, or disciple making. All right, and so one of the things though that ends up happening is is we end up going through a lot of this, and it's really easy to forget about something that is so foundational and so amazing and so important. And sometimes I think for me and probably for you too is we just kind of assume that it's happening, right? That we just assume that this is happening, right? Is that people are praying. All right. It's just one of those things where like, well, yeah, you pray before you eat. Right. And you you get up and you say, man, if I had a few minutes to pray. OK, here's the interesting thing to take God's word from front to back. Here's the, the coolest thing in the world is this prayer seems to be that thing that almost it's almost like it has a life of its own. It's almost like prayer has this this power that prayer is it's almost like oxygen to the body it's like prayer is this thing that that you know we don't oftentimes think about it that way because if you held your breath for about five minutes you'd go no i keep i really need air but it's really fascinating everybody i read about in the bible who are following jesus they they would probably tell that story i really need prayer i really need prayer okay Uh, it's, it's interesting jesus told a story when he was contrasting kind of Satan and himself and his kingdom. And he said, here's the deal. You wanna, if you want to go in and raid Satan's world, which is this, we live in Satan. Satan rules our world. All right, I hope that's not a surprise for you. I hope you're not going, what on earth kind of church is this? Satan rules this world. Look around, man. <laughs> you know, this is, people are in despair. and dis- This ain't heaven. Okay, in the best case scenario. All right. And he said in Matthew 12, Jesus said, you want to know how you plunder Satan? You got he's like the strong man. You got time up. And then you can plunder him. Have you ever thought about that? Like when Jesus is going, listen, man, Satan can be plundered. His kingdom can be plundered. Okay, And it's interesting. Is there any place in the Old Testament that you think, wow, when did God's people ever plunder the people who were, quote unquote, like holding them captive? Do you remember that? Isn't that amazing? And we forget. And Alex did a class on this the other day. It's just the patterns of the Old Testament and how much it's supposed to teach us and how much the Old Testament is a shadow of what we partake in right now. And you have, it's amazing because, you know, you read, you read Exodus and you're going, oh, that's cool. Um, Red Sea. And then oftentimes we end up start arguing about, well, was it really the Red Sea or was it more of the Reed Sea to the north? Or, you know, there's all these different things. We get caught up in the wrong things. God blinded Pharaoh. And not only did he blind blind Pharaoh to let the people go go to freedom, he told the people, take all his stuff on the way out. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't that be great if you were in, you're in a bank. And God said, listen, here, you got to get out of this bank. But before you go, listen, the vault is going to open. Take whatever you can carry. All right. At what point would you go? Like we'd stop. Really? Like, God, is this you? Oh, no, it's good enough that we get to go. But you mean plunder this junk? Yes, this is incredible. Okay, I mean, God, a lot of times we're like, yeah, I love Jesus and my Savior. And it sounds like all. But man, it's more than that. It's more than God just rescuing us. He's saying, no, you can actually, have you thought about plundering Satan's world? He says, but you have to tie up the strong man. You have to tie up the strong man. And you're going, okay, hold on a minute. 
Paul writes, though, he kind of illustrates a little more in Ephesians 6, right? Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6 here. Um, let's take a look at this. Um, Paul, you know, he, uh, he, he describes that because, again, it's really easy to go, hold on a minute, tie up the strong man. Well, like, who is the strong man and how do I tie him up? And is this just like a really strange thing that's going to be very difficult for me to do? And all of this. Um, in Ephesians 6, verse 10, he said, Finally, be strengthened in the Lord. I, I want you to think about that for a second, okay? Is that is passive. Just settle down for one second and think, be strengthened. Like, will you allow yourself to be strengthened in the Lord? Like, it's, it literally is passive. Like, you're, I don't know if that's really passive. No, I'm, I'm telling you. It's a passive Greek word, okay? Be strengthened. Have you ever slowed down and stopped long enough to go, God, just strengthen me? Your power can strengthen me. Your life can strengthen me. Your Holy Spirit can strengthen me. I'm going to slow down long enough to think about that. And God, just like, be strengthened. Be strengthened in the, by the Lord and his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the tactics of the devil. He's just, so the devil has tactics, all right? Like the devil isn't just going, hey, I wonder what will work. The devil literally is going, hold on a minute. I have, I have some tactics to, to pull these people away. Like the devil is the strong man with tactics. He's going, nah, I know how to get you. You got to think about that. How, do, how could he get you? How could the strong man come and go, I can tie them up spiritually? You got to think because he's thinking about it. The devil is a strong man with these tactics, but he says our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. What's that look like? What does that look like? The spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. I, I don't know what it looks like, but it says that's where the battle is. All right. That's where the strong man operates. OK, it's this spiritual realm right here. And so it's that idea of we don't fight with the weapons of like, oh, hey, how do I go and find that strong man? No, 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 there are different weapons. And Jesus said, listen, you got to go get the strong man and you tie him up. OK, and he goes on and he tells you about all the um, all of the uh, uh, the armor of, of the truth and the righteousness and the, all of these things here. The armor of God. Then in verse 18, he says, here's the deal. Pray at all times in the spirit. Pray at all times in the spirit. Okay, see, that's a command. This is the thing that kind of, it, it makes me nervous for me when I read this. It says, pray at all times in the spirit. There's really only two choices I have to do at that point. I can either do that or I literally can harden my heart and say, I'm not doing that. Which one have you chosen? I mean, because that's what it comes down to is because is there's not going to be a time where I'm going, no, 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 Jesus, I saw it, but no, you've got to understand me. Right? No, pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. And he then said, pray for me, too, that a message can be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I can be bold enough in him to speak 
as I should. All right. So he's just telling, he's like, put the armor of God on. And we like, that's a great sermon, right? That's just like ready-made sermon right there. The armor of God and the breastplate of righteousness. And, the, and you go, oh, this is fantastic. And he says, no, no, but here's the deal. You want to tie the strong man? Pray in the spirit at all times. Then you can plunder him. I really ask yourself, this was the challenging thing to me. I'm going, hold on a minute. I don't ever think about plundering Satan. Like I pray in order to make it. Like just let me make it. He's going, no, 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 you tie up the strong man and you plunder him. I'm going, oh, that's an interesting teaching. I'm sorry, I have a question. Yeah. Could you read the verse that you're getting the tying up the strong man from? Oh, Matthew 12. Could we read that, please? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You lost me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I referenced it, but yeah, we will. I heard you say it and I, just didn't, I didn't know the Yeah, I'm sorry. Matthew 12, uh, verse uh, 22, it starts out. Then the demon-possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to him, and he healed him so the man could both speak and see. And all the crowds were astounded and said, Perhaps this is the son of David. When the Pharisees heard this, they said, The man drives out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I drive out demons by Beelzebul, how is it your sons drive them out by? Who is it that your sons drive them out by? For this reason, they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. How can someone enter a strong man's house and steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can rob his house. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. There you go. So it's, it's this really beautiful picture here. You know, if you think of plundering as a beautiful picture, you know, you know, then you rob him, okay? But here's the thing about it is, is tying him up, this beautiful picture as you kind of take this, and, and Paul's reminding us, listen, this isn't a battle against flesh and blood. This isn't that at all. It's against these spiritual, uh, this spiritual thing. And, and here's the thing about it is, is pray in the Spirit always. And you know what's amazing is then he said, hey, pray that God will open a door. Isn't it amazing? In, in Paul's view, he's like, no, God can't open a door. Please pray for that. Please pray for that. And please pray that I can. Do you ever get nervous? Like, he, here's the thing is we've talked about disciple making. Do you ever get nervous about disciple making? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, right. I mean, I think everyone does. It, you're crazy if you're going, huh? No, 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 that doesn't intimidate me at all. I mean, again, if Satan's tactics, if he is a tactician, that would be one he would go, hold on a minute, let me mess with that one. Let me make him a little insecure on that one, okay? It's amazing that Paul is like, no, no, no. Pray that when the door's open, I can proclaim it boldly. Just because I know that when you pray, that will do it. Now, how does that work, though? How does that work? How does prayer work that way? I think, man, does that, is that really, is that really true? Can, can God really really do that you know and here's the interesting thing is is you don't have to be a theologian you don't have to be a theologian if you were to take the bible and you read it from front to back the consensus you would come to about prayer is what if you knew nothing about anything and you read from front to back what would you say hey you know what it seems pretty clear that prayer is well important certainly important all right what other words would you throw in 
powerful. And you're going, man. Uh, and, and oftentimes we trip ourselves up. We're just like, I'm not like Elijah. I'm not like this person. I'm like that. But you can't deny prayer is powerful. And probably more so, it's probably more accurate to say that God who we pray to is powerful. Okay, that, that's probably a more accurate assessment there, right? Um, what else would you say? Prayer is just in a word. Essential. What else? Ne- necessary. Yeah, right. You would go. Now, it's interesting that it's necessary. This necessary. It's, it's fascinating to me that as we were to read through the Bible, and if we just did a study on prayer, it's very interesting. There's a guy who prays that we would think, why is he praying? It's Jesus. Like, Jesus, why are you praying? Like, what's that all about, man? Like, this is this is why are you doing this? But it's interesting is, is it's really fascinating. It's almost like that's what Jesus was known for. Okay. Isn't it funny when people look for him? Like one time they were looking for him. They're like, well, where is he? Well, he goes to this place to pray. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was said about us? I don't think there's probably anything more dangerous. The more I was looking into this, I was like, you know what? Probably the most dangerous disciple in the world is a disciple who just is just absolutely saturated in faithful prayer. That's probably the most, because here's the deal is, is you can listen to classes and sermons and read and hear podcasts and all that kind of stuff. But when you take the word of God and you interface with God himself and you let him start talking to you and you really start digging into those scary places when we don't want to obey, which we all know about, right? We all have those. We're just scared and we're going, God, I'm scared. I know you're calling me to this, but I'm just scared. All right. I think at that point is when we become dangerous to the world. Right? Is that idea of like truly saturated in prayer. All right? And then so, yeah, Jesus prayed, which is, let me show you just a few right here. Whoops. That, that's just, uh, just quick five right there, okay? Um, here, here's the interesting thing about this is, is um, Jesus was pretty amazing. I think we would all like agree with that. If we were hanging with Jesus, we'd go, dude, you, you are awesome, right? I mean, it would just be amazing to be around this guy. And of all the things, now, I'm sure, listen, uh, I'm sure that they asked him other questions and all this kind of stuff. But what is recorded is they asked him to be taught about one subject in particular. Right? In, in, in Luke 11, they've heard him pray. And they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. It, it, wouldn't it be like if you were hanging out with Jesus, wouldn't you go, Jesus, um, teach me to be like an awesome, the awesome evangelist. Teach me to be successful. Teach me, Lord, can you teach me how to be emotionally intelligent? Can you teach me about, you know, whatever? And they were so moved by Jesus. They're like, please, can you teach us to do that? Because what you're doing, something's happening. Like, teach us, please, how to pray. It's amazing, and I love, if you, if you ever want one in Luke 18, and I think this goes along with what Lauren was sharing, it's Jesus tells a story just in case any of us are ever tempted to be discouraged. Just in case. Pray always and do not be discouraged. Don't stop praying, he said. All right, and that's great because we can talk it away. You can go, yeah, but Keith, Ephesians 6, that was Paul saying that. No, 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 I want to hear some things from Jesus. He said, don't get discouraged. Don't stop praying. All right? And, and I think that speaks to all of us, right? I think we all are like, no, I really prayed about this. I spent a solid five minutes. 
and there was no answer, so I got upset. Or, oh, no, 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 I did. I manufactured an answer that I wanted to hear. <laughs> Tell me, Lord, you know, and, and, you know, and it's just, I, I got to get through this. I'm too busy, right? Except, isn't it amazing if Jesus prayed, and we're going to say, that's my Lord. That's who I'm a, that, that's who I'm a slave to. That's who I am. That's, that's my teacher. That, that's who, who is teaching me how to do stuff. How could I possibly say, I mean, what would Jesus say to me? Well, Keith, you, you don't pray that much, man. You, you don't pray that faithfully. You don't pray that humbly. Like, why? Are you not? I could hear Jesus going, do you not hear me doing that? Did you not see me doing that? Are you not hanging out with me enough to know that I did that? And if I've got to talk to the Father, how much more do we need to talk to the Father? Right? I mean, this is such one of those, those things where it's like, okay, I can work on community, and I can work on learning the gospel, and I can go and try to be a disciple maker. But without this, it's really just us doing it on our own strength. It's all it is. It's like the most talented socially, you'll do fine with this. And then if you're a little bit introverted or something like that, you'll feel guilty for not doing it. And, you know, and there's just all of this stuff that Satan will use. This is kind of that breathes life into following Jesus, right? And so you have this right here. Jesus prayed. And he prayed for this. He prayed that... um, he would teach us, but here's, here's the really cool thing, okay, um, is oftentimes we grade ourselves on, am I doing it perfect or am I not doing it? Am I doing it at all or none? Is it all, kind of this all or nothing kind of thing? And then, okay, Keith, for me to be able to do it, it's going to take so much time and effort and energy, okay? And remember, when Jesus called his disciples, just reading the Gospels, when he called them to follow, all right? When he called them to follow, it wasn't like, now you're all in with no problems and no nothing. No, he's like, no, you're going to come on a journey with me to mature. It, this becomes very detrimental to our spiritual life if it's all or nothing. Oh, man, I didn't do it. Now I feel guilty. Now tomorrow I better have a three-hour prayer time. Oh, and then I didn't do three hours. Now I feel guilty. And now, now I better, instead of going, hold on a minute, let me get on this journey with Jesus. And am I maturing? That's really the thing. You may go, Keith, I hadn't prayed in years. Here's what I'm going to say. Start the journey. Like, like start the journey. A couple min- Can you do a couple minutes a day? And, and mature from that? Don't go, hey, a couple minutes, that's what I can do for the rest of my life. Well, no. I mean, come on now. We're talking about maturing through this, okay? Like growing. Um, and it's this, it, it really is this maturing thing. It, it's interesting um, when they asked Jesus to teach him, the first thing he said that's recorded is, Father in heaven, holy is your name. All right. Th- that's a clue right there that this idea of who God is and knowing that, like not just knowing the information, but embodying the name of God makes all the difference in the world when it comes to prayer. Turn over to Exodus chapter 34, okay? Over in Exodus 34, uh, Exodus 34 is one of those, it's, it's kind of like a cheat sheet for me. You can have that in the Bible. You can have a little cheat sheet. It's okay, okay? I mean, you're like, oh gosh, did he say that for real? There's a cheat sheet in the Bible. No, 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 I'm going, you want to know what I forget most often? The nature of God. The power of God. The majesty. You know what? Honestly, 
Man, I've been, I, I'm super grateful that I've been able to sit and learn like super deep subjects and all kinds of things. You know what's interesting? I have not come to a single spiritual question or philosophical question or hot topic of the day that doesn't ultimately go back to requiring me to remember the nature of God. I've not found one where I haven't had to go back. And so I've got to remember Exodus 34. I can go back and go, hold on a minute, God, who are you? When I'm tempted to be discouraged, hold on a minute, who is Yahweh? Like that name is, is one who has no creator. Like I have to remember that. Like, Yahweh, who are you? Okay, in Exodus 34, he did us a beautiful favor. He introduced himself to Moses right here to be recorded. And he told Moses in verse 5, The Lord came down in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed his name Yahweh. And the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh is compassionate and gracious. That's a, listen, when, when Jesus, uh, I'm going to fast forward to the teaching then to pray, holy is your name. Thank you, God, that you are compassionate and gracious. You ever need that when you pray? How much do you need? Like this is, we're talking about like desperation here. It's kind of like what Lauren was sharing. It's so easy when things get comfortable to forget how desperate we are for a compassionate and gracious God. You go, I might have, I might have bumbled this thing, but thank you that you're, and just, I've got to pray about that and talk to God about that. He's slow to anger. Are you thankful for that? That God is, no matter what you're thinking right now, you could be thinking the most stubborn thoughts in the world. That is one thing I think we can all be grateful for. Thank you for being slow to anger. Thank you for that. Maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing, rebellion, and sin. Again, it's this idea of this is the name of the Father. This is Him. He, <laughs> this is the but. We don't like the but here. But He will not leave the guilty unpunished. We've got to remember that. God's not messing around. All right. He's not messing around. He's not going, oh, they're so cute down there, though. But it's so, no, 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 they're fine. No, 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 they don't have to come into the light. No, 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 no. it's so cute for them to be stubborn like that and all that kind of stuff. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm serious about this. And we've got to remember, this is the name of God, is I'm praying to a God who's serious about sin. And he's serious about following him. And we've got to remember this as we're praying, holy is your name bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. You know, what's interesting is yesterday afternoon, um, Ben brought Rory over. And, um, it, you know, I was just thinking, it, it's, it's so interesting, children and parents. Because we get an idea. Now, now you want to know what's sad is the world has done its fair share to ruin moms and dads and kids, Okay. But the, the purpose is for us to be able to go, oh, mom and dad, I'm going to learn something about God. All right. And it's interesting because I was watching Rory and, and, and I, was, I was thinking this morning, Rory is so much like all of us. Is she would get up on, on like our fireplace has a little thing and she would get up on it. And she'd stand on it and Ben would go sit down and she'd go make a noise. I don't know what the noise was, but she'd make a noise. And then she started like walking across the thing, like sit down and then she eases over more and he went and got her and okay no you know you're gonna come and sit with me she's crying and you don't want to sit with them and, and then and then she'd get down and play with some other things and then get back over and climb back up she'd look at Ben <laughs> sit down and she'd go 
<laughs> and then eventually she'd start walking across. No, come. And he took her out. Ah, cry, you know. And, and it went back and forth and, and over and over. And then finally the last time, she got about halfway across, and she just goes, you know, and like, you got me, man. <laughs> okay, I know you're going to come and take me. All right. But the thing about that is, is so interesting is that, um, you know, we're called to be like children, not childish, but like children, okay? There's two different things there. But it's really interesting as I was watching that, I was like, you know what? Rory was trying to get away with some stuff, and she knew that was her father right there. Like, that's dad. And I, you know, we, th- th- we're on the fireplace sometimes, right? We're going, we're kind of going over, but it's that idea of, man, there's, there's dad, and we have to remember that, okay, Listen, um, we've got to go to him and listen to him. And that's what Ben is teaching and training Rory to do. And, and hopefully we're at a place that is more spiritually mature than that, but maybe not. Maybe not. It still may be happening where you're going like this, and then you get snatched away and you're going, ah, ah, no, you know. And then, and then God, like, lets you down. And you're like, okay, this is cool. And you're like, okay, I'm going to make that a little slicker this time. And you get up, and, and it's happening over and over again. It's just understand, God, you're training me, okay? Thank you for that. But it's the idea of we get in trouble when we stop knowing where our father is. All right, and going, man, Ben wasn't just like, oh, you're so cute and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, you're coming and there's a consequence to this, okay? And so just kind of think about it as, as man, maybe, maybe that's kind of how we're living and we're not even like communicating and she obviously can't communicate like verbally necessarily. <laughs> that would be, be fascinating if she could. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, I just, it's this idea of, of knowing his name and knowing his character and knowing that he means business, but also knowing, man, Ben was so gentle with her. You know, and really, he, he could have just, like, wailed on her. and I'm going to teach you a lesson once and for all, and you're never going to do that again, and he didn't do that. You know, God could say that to us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you a lesson once and for all. Boy, that would hurt. That spanking would hurt, okay? All right, that, that would hurt, okay? Let's not, like, tempt that one, all right? But he did this. Jesus, and he wants us to mature. He's like, come on, grow up. Grow up. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. You know what? My, the, the three most cherished voices in my ear is Abby's, Ellie's, and Reese's. I love the sound of their voice. It is my favorite, favorite sound in the world, okay? You ever think about it? As I, and, and then as you spread out in my family, I think of, man, I, I love to hear even when me and my brother are not getting along, I love to hear his voice. You know? Is I think about, I love to get like a little hint of my dad's voice. See, because like my brother can sound like him a little bit every once in a while. And, I can, and you hear it and you're like, yeah, I remember that. I love the sound of that voice. All right? And sometimes we forget as children, all right, that God is like, I love the sound of your voice. Even when our kids are kind of like, it, it's funny. Ellie used to get, she would make Reese so angry when she was little. She would call him Mrs. Beatty or Mrs. Beebe. She would go, Mrs. Beebe? And he would get infuriated, you know? And we're sitting here going, that is hilarious. Like, I don't want my kids fighting with one another. But she learned at such an age, somehow Mrs. Beebe flipped his switch, man. And he was like, and he felt legitimately like, Dad and Mom, you need to do something about this. Okay, 
And it's kind of funny because I think sometimes, even in those cases, you're going, even when my kids are, are, are grousing and complaining and doing all that kind of stuff, I still like their voice. I love the sound of their voice. All right? But it's that idea of sometimes we think even all of our little conflicts are such a big deal. And I think sometimes God, who is only mature one, can go, okay, dude, that's not okay. But y'all are so immature. <laughs> y'all are like little children down there, okay? Start talking to me, please, okay? And, and, and again, I don't want you to read into that going, oh, no, he just thinks we're so cute and we fight. That's not what I'm saying, okay? But I'm just saying I think we forget that we are like, less than like, like, like in comparison with God, it's laughable, our maturity oftentimes, all right? But it's that idea of he loves to hear our voice. You know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, that's what I think of. I think of, man, this is, there's no better sound in my ears, you know, but is he hearing our voice? And, and again, don't read into that and go, oh, he says you can only pray out loud. Well, I can't telepathically talk with my kids. I mean, that's where the illustration fails, you know, is I can speak, I can pray uh, in, in my mind, okay, and in my heart, and I don't have to necessarily verbalize something, but, um, you know, we've got to kind of hear his, his voice here. Whoopsie. Um, but anyway, here's a few things I want you to think of as we finish up here, okay, is number one is, you know, out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. Like what comes out of our mouth is what's in our heart. Okay, that's a really great, that's a, that's a really great kind of barometer of how, how am I doing? What's been coming out of my mouth lately? All right. And, and here's the interesting thing is, is if when it comes to prayer, excuses come out. All right. Let that, let that diagnose you right now. Okay. You go, man. Uh, yeah, that's great, Keith. Um, like saturating my life in prayer and praying all the time. I, I guess, I guess you need less sleep than me. I can't get up that early to do that. I mean, if the excuses come out, see, that's what, that's what a child would say. And I'm, not, I'm saying that on a maturity scale, you've got to kind of go, am I, am I just being a child when it comes to this? Like, oh, no, no, no. You must need, you must not. See, Keith, you're not in school. I, I mean, I don't know. My life didn't get magically, like, unbusy when I graduated. It wasn't like all of a sudden it was just like, you know, wow, what am I going to do with my time now? <laughs> So much of it, okay? I mean, it's not, life is busy, man. Have, have you ever made this excuse before? Like some of you seasoned veterans might have said this. Well, I don't pray that long because I don't want to babble like the pagans do. Like, you know, where Je- he said, hey, Jesus said, listen, don't babble like the pagans. Where their words are many, you're like, I'm going to be just like that, Jesus. I'm going to be, my words are few. <laughs> like, really? Really? That's your excuse? I mean, it's but. That's amazing of the number of things we have to pray to God about. We're going, no, 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 no. I don't want to babble like the pagans. Then listen, don't babble like the pagans, okay? That's, that's what you shouldn't do, all right? Don't just sit there and just say words. Don't just sit there and look on, be looked on with whatever reverence or, you know, is this idea, well, I don't want to, I, I don't want to babble. Hey, let's, let's raise the bar. Let's mature, Okay. Um, what about this one? God already knows anyway. God already knows. Why would I even, why, why petition God? Why give a request to God? He already knows. It's a done deal. 
Boy, that is a, that is a very hard place to be. I, I've been in those places, and that's a hard place to be faithful in. Because you're like, it doesn't matter. Except, again, if, I were to get, if you were to get this book and read through it, would you conclude, at the end of reading the Bible, that prayer didn't matter? Would you come to that conclusion in any way, shape, or form? In fact, it would be overwhelming on the other side of things. that You would go, oh, no, actually, like, yeah, I'm not sure how that all works. But it's clear in the Word of God that that is not a valid argument. And that may be just what we need is that little piece to go, hold on a minute. Um, I don't know how that works. But it is overwhelming that prayer is essential. It is overwhelming. Here's what, here's what mature disciples say. My life is too busy for me not to pray. That's maturity. That's Jesus going to the garden and saying, yeah, it's chaos right now. I don't have time for this right now. I don't have an extra hour. There are people coming to kill me. But you don't know what? It's so bad. I can't not go and pray. That's a mature viewpoint. It's, no, no, I'm not. Too, I am too busy to not stop and pray. That's a mature view. Where are you on the spectrum? I want you to think about that. Where are you on the spectrum? Oh, man, I don't have time. I got homework. I got this. I got Netflix. I got, I got all these things I got to take care of. Or, man, I'm too busy to not pray. Or the idea of, man, whatever it takes. That's what a mature disciple says. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Because it's like air to me. It's like I can do all kinds of spiritual things, but they're just spiritual things without prayer. And here's the hardest one as we finish up with is, you know what I found is prayer is just disruptive. It just disrupts your day. Disrupts what you want to do and what I want to do. It disrupts everything. You know, you think this should be the easiest thing in the world to do. I'm not doing manual labor. You know, it's not like we're going out and, 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 and you know, shoveling dirt somewhere. I mean, it's praying. I mean, it takes literally zero calories. Not literally, okay? I know it takes some calories going, but Keith, it does burn some energy. Yes, it does, okay? <laughs> um, but, but here's the thing is, is, it's just disruptive, and I think it challenges our lordship. Um, will I actually surrender and become a man or a woman saturated in prayer? Because, again, whatever you're scared of right now, whatever you're worried about right now, whatever decisions you're trying to make right now, whatever any of those things, listen, the best place to be is just saturating yourself with God. That's the best over and over and over and over and over is, is that. That's the best place to be. If you're scared, talk about it. If you're intimidated, talk about it. If you're happy, pray about it. All right? Don't let, it, don't, don't let this be something that we just say, man, okay, this is, a, this is, we talked about prayer, now let's move on to more important things. Let's make this the important.